of working night and day, Freddy's experiment brings... The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future, handpicked from theoutline.com. I'm Aaron Edwards. Remember, there are still good people in the world fighting for good things. You might have heard about the teacher strike in West Virginia. Today, we're walking you through how it all went down. It's taking money out of one poor man's pocket to put it into another. Let's get right into it. Power. This conversation was recorded on Wednesday, March 7th, 2018, so some information might have changed. We'll have updated information on theoutline.com. Teachers in West Virginia are holding their ground. They say they won't go back to work until they get a 5% raise. Lawmakers are debating whether to give them what they're asking for. And it means 300,000 students in West Virginia may not be heading back to school tomorrow. So for folks who have not really been following the story, can you tell me, Gabby, about what this strike was about when it started? It was technically, as one teacher told me, a work stoppage and not a strike. Strikes are illegal in West Virginia. That was Laura. She's a high school science teacher in West Virginia. So so what's the difference between the two? If we were to go on strike, from what I understand, we would not be paid for those days and we and I think that our contributions towards our pension and towards our health insurance would go to 100% on our shoulders. What was the trajectory of this, I guess, quote unquote, work stoppage, not a strike? What were they pushing for? Why did it start? It started on February 22nd, and it was basically that the teachers were told that they would be receiving a 2% salary increase in July, and then in 2020, that would be a 1% pay hike. But several teachers that I spoke to said that even though technically they were receiving a raise or a cost of living adjustment, when you account for increasing healthcare costs and all of these other expenses, they were actually getting a pay cut. So the teachers wanted a 5% raise, and we're like, we're not going to settle. This is not a ton of money. We are some of the lowest paid teachers in the entire country. We want a 5% raise. What is the average pay for a teacher in West Virginia right now? So in 2016, the median salary for a teacher in West Virginia was $45,700. Mm-hmm. It was, I think the 46th lowest in the country. Is this unusual for teachers to go on a work stoppage in these conditions? Yes. Teachers in the entire state, all 55 counties, their motto was 55 strong and 55 united. The superintendents announced that the schools would be closing. So there was no way to cross a pickle line, for example. It was very much an all or nothing kind of thing. And all the teachers were off of work. The, the first two days, the first Thursday and the Friday, when those schools were closed, I think it gave people time to have conversations with one another and to start looking at, start sort of educating themselves about the political situation. During that time, a few teachers were concerned about their pensions. Others were concerned about the students, about a lack of community support. And all the people I spoke to told me that instead of being vilified or, like, looked down on by the community, they received a a surge of support from students and parents and businesses. And they very much, like, worked to keep 
things running as smoothly as possible, even though schools were closed. Right. So what did they do to keep things running? There were not classes happening. So how are they still doing their jobs or part of their jobs? There weren't classes happening, but Laura did tell me that the AP teachers at her school, because, for example, AP exams are going to happen whether your teachers are on strike or they're not in May, they would talk to their students over the internet. They would meet with them at coffee shops to go over things. In a lot of counties all over the state, teachers, a lot of schools have food pantries, and the teachers made sure that students who rely on schools for their meals were getting lunch and breakfast every day, even though the schools were closed. And restaurants pitched in. There were a lot of places that donated food to the teachers, and the teachers got so much food that they ended up giving the food to the students. How do you even begin to approach building a coalition that large around something like this? So based on what I was told, it was there were a lot of whispers of it of like early in February. It, there were meetings, and there were so many meetings, according to one teacher named Catherine Drummond. Initially, it started, it really was grassroots. This was not WDEA or AFT. This was just little groups of people throughout the state start talking about you know, the insurance and the changes and whatever. And then people speaking up and saying, I taught in 1990. We have been putting up with this for so many years. Why are we continuing to put up with this? And it really was um, people that had been there in 90. That was my first year teaching um, in West Virginia. That really helped drive this because they shared with younger teachers who were like, what do you mean we're going to go on strike? They really shared the past experiences. This really strikes me as such an effective way to move government to doing the things you need them to do. Like, I mean, obviously strikes as we know them are, you know, happen every day across the country for a number of different reasons. But this seems really unique in the sense that they really kind of took control of uh, I guess, the way that it was organized? I think it was definitely organized, but it was it was not like the union was like, okay, we're going to go on strike now. It was a bunch of teachers who were like, we are sick of this. We don't make enough money. Some of us work second and third jobs. We can't pay our bills. Catherine wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post where she was like, I'm in my 50s and I sometimes have to ask my family for money, even though I work a full-time job. So I think people were just so fed up with all of this that they realized they have to do something. Did they get what they wanted in the end? Sort of. So they did get the 5% pay hike. It's still unclear where that money is going to come from. And the Republican legislators in the state have floated the idea of cutting Medicaid to pay for the salary increases. How was that received? Not well. Um, as Laura put it, there are so many other ways that this money could be raised. There could be taxes on gambling. There could be taxes on certain kinds of businesses. And this seems like a tactic to divide teachers from other working class people. It's taking money out of one poor man's pocket to put it into another. Interesting. So moving forward and talking to the teachers post work stoppage, what are they going to do now? Are they going to continue using this tactic to push the legislature toward the things that they want, or is this kind of just business as usual now moving forward? So it seems now that the way the refrain that they had was, we'll, we will remember in November. And one of the teachers I spoke to said that this has become kind of like a political awakening or a reawakening for a lot of people. People are thinking about inequality, about like what, why these things are going on, why the government is considering 
taking money away from Medicaid to give it to teachers instead of taxing wealthier people, wealthier corporations. So I do think that this could signal a bigger political change in the state, but I do I think it it's to be determined. The surprise for us was the amount of support that's behind us. I can't tell you, I was shocked. As as teachers standing out on Route 98 in Harrison County, people weren't mad that their kids weren't back to school. People were mad at the legislature. Mm-hmm. This is a bigger driving force, I think, than some of those uh, politicians realize. Thanks for coming on the show, Gabby. Thanks, Aaron. Today, you heard from Gabby Del Valle, a staff writer here at The Outline. For more of our stories, head to theoutline.com. We're produced by James T. Green. If you love the show, tell a friend. We're at Outline Dispatch on Twitter, or you can find me directly at Aaron M. Edwards. If you have any feedback, what you love, what you hate, send me an email, aaron at theoutline.com. Hope you have a great day. Keep fighting the good fight. I'm Aaron Edwards.